week seven power rankings. Uh, late again, Saturday. I'm under the weather. Uh, didn't crack my beer yet, so let's just get that MS ASMR. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. Uh, okay. We're just going to kick into it like we normally do. I'm going to type someone's name, starting with the 14th spot. And once again, it's Eric for the third straight week, I think. Eric is in last. Yeah, Eric's in last for the third straight week. Uh, another loss. Eric has only scored above 120 once this year and has now lost four in a row. This week, just 112. And leading that way was... Uh, Josh Downs having his best game of the year, going for 125 yards and 22 points. And now as a TD in back-to-back games, uh, Henderson had a solid game with 15. But other than that, nothing to write home about. Uh, London with 8, Hal underperformed with 12. Mayer kind of back down the earth with 2.3. And the Moors combining for just uh, 12 points. So not great. Um... But then Eric just trades away, arguably, his two best dynasty assets in Drake London and Josh Downs. Uh, I think you can argue that would be his two best. Yeah, looking at his bench, too, I think it would have to be. And he trades them for two arguably worse and older assets in Jerry Judy and Traylon Burks and two late firsts. Like... The expression, if you love something, you set it free, just doesn't have to apply to every single player that Eric owns, every single promising fantasy player you own. There's just no direction in his rebuild. He makes some trades to accumulate first, get some young players. I kind of like the Pittman-London swap. He hits on a late first with downs, and it's like, do you just not like Anthony Richardson? That's why you trade away Pittman. Then why'd you draft downs if... Because if you just thought he would hit and you wanted to trade him in this exact spot, but just to get older and get bad picks, like at least I think in this type of trade, if you're going to get rid of London, I think you have to get JSN back from Rob or someone from this rookie class other than Downs who is, who is flashed. And I don't think that's going to be Flowers or Jordan Addison. And we'll talk about later that JSN had a good game, but I think that would have been maybe attainable. Judy hasn't really been anything. He had a good year last year. It still hasn't ever topped a thousand yards. Doesn't look like it's going to be this year. And Burks was 1A, 1B with me with uh, Wilson out of that class. And he hasn't really done much. Was injured. And that Tennessee passing offense is pathetic. Um, Even though Hopkins has flashed. But I still like Burks, you know, to maybe come through now with Willis starting or maybe next year. But I would take London. I, I don't think anyone would have traded Judy in a late first for Burks or Burks. Uh, sorry, for uh, Downs or Burks in a late first for London. So just to me, horrible trade, horrible dynasty owner. And that's why he's never made the playoffs because he can't just he can't stick with one direction. He gets young players and he trades them to for picks. And worse, young, worse, older players. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, number 13 is Nick, who moves down one spot. Uh, back-to-back losses 
and he's had he scored 74 and 86, both which were the low of the league. So he's lost the Venmo Bowl twice in a row now. Uh, this is also the third time Nick has failed to score above 100 points. Nick's three wide Nick's three wide receivers and Tony Watson IU combined for 14 points, and Elijah Mitchell got him a nice zero points. Uh, the bright spot was Kincaid, who now had the best game of his year. Again, we're, this Thursday night football happened, so he had a better game. But up until, you know, Thursday, he went 8 for 75. It's a great game, 12 and a half points. Finally, our, a rookie that Nick drafted looks to be startable now with Knox getting wrist surgery. I mean, if Kincaid really keeps this up like he did the last two weeks now, it's hard to see Knox coming back and and carving a role, I think this would be Kincaid's uh, tight end room, I guess, to, to keep. Um, but also, I want to continue to dance on Tony's grave, who I hated since his rookie year. He's 105 yards through seven games. And he has four games this year, scoring less than five points. It's, I think you got to stop starting him. He, he's, he's useless. Uh, number 12 is Greg. So after his historic three-game win streak, Greg... Uh, Shockingly, uh, Greg takes a loss this week. Uh, shockingly, 114 is the third highest total for Greg this year, which kind of speaks to how bad he's been for most of it. But he did smash his projections of 90.99, so a lot of these guys did overachieve. Just a lot of not great players. Uh, Jason Bourne, my God, that's Jason Bourne. Not actually his name, but uh, Kendrick Bourne. Now has back-to-back games scoring 14 points. And Everett has caught a TD in back-to-back games, scoring 10.5 this week. So, pretty good uh, trend for those two guys. These points matter. Saved Greg from a really dumpy week with his defense in both IDPs going for 12, 16, and 12. Kicker let him down. Or, sorry, the defense let him down down with two, but strong performance from these points matter. And what we kind of expected with DJ Moore, with Justin Fields out, is kind of happening. Uh... Although the targets are the same, Moore has gone for 51 and 54 yards with no touchdowns in back-to-back games. 10.6 to 9.4 points isn't horrible, but it certainly isn't the wide receiver one coming off those back-to-back games of 23 and 47 points. Uh, it seemed like he was trying to sell high on that, and now back-to-back kind of wide receiver two flex games from DJ Moore. Definitely needs uh, fields back. Number 11 is Wire. Wire finally snaps the winless year, gets his first win of the year, who had a huge upset over Tiz, scoring 132. Although not great, Wire is still 10th in points for and has by far, not by far, but he has the highest points against. And he's just been far from bad team all year. We're just going to keep repeating this every year, that Wire hasn't really been a bad team. Uh, this win now has made last place very interesting. Uh, with this win, because I assume that Wire's going to get some more wins. We talked about how pathetic Eric is. Nick's struggling, so it, it should be a, an interesting race. And we have to start with the start Wire's discussion talking about AJ Brown, um, who I think is now solidified or is solidifying himself as the wide rec- dynasty wide receiver. Maybe even two over Jamar Chase, definitely three uh, right now. He's just a stud. Now has five games in a row uh, with over 125 receiving yards, with the most this week being 10 catches for 137 and a touchdown for 25.7 points. Just a stud. 
Uh, Ford had a big game for 18 and a half before getting hurt, but then he still made play, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Rasheed Rice, keep keep uh, calling his name, continues to be an underrated asset, who had his best fantasy game of the season with 14 and a half. Hawk had a great game as well with 14 and a half, so this team's just going to get more wins. I don't think Wire's going to come in last. It'll, I think it's going to be between Nick and, and Nick and Eric when it's all said and done. Uh, number 10. I actually flipped this, so I posted the uh, the Excel sheet first, and then I was kind of looking at it like, I'm gonna flip, I'm gonna flip this. So I have Itzler at 10, who was previously at 10, so it doesn't move there. Um, sorry, previously at 10, uh, after a 122 point loss, putting him back below 500 for the year. Itzler is just 11th in points four, which is only above Eric, Nick, and Greg, so not the best year for Itzler. Uh, Itzler base, has basically had two pretty good weeks, and the rest have been pretty flaws, failing to score above 125 in all of his five losses. Uh, looking into this week, we see Kirk, again, being a very good wide receiver, scoring 17 points and has a touchdown in back-to-back games, and is the wide receiver 18 for the year. Uh, Rashad White had a great game, scoring 14.2 points. It has a, I guess, not a great four, but a decent four of six points with a 12, 20 and a half upside. And finally, we had the breakout for Gibbs. We've been waiting for it. Uh, you know, the suicide watch from Itzler of trading away Lamb for Gibbs, essentially, and White, but has now looked to maybe paid off with Gibbs, who had a Kamara-type game, rushing 11 times for 68 in a tutty and catching nine catches for 58 yards, all for 24.2 points. So that's great to see moving forward from Itzler. Uh, could be in the playoff hunt. Only one back, but you know if Gibbs can continue to play like this, down game for Cooper, Cup, and uh, Brian Robinson as well. Pitts kind of back down the earth. Just a lot of not you know single digit points, but still has some players out there that can definitely get him some wins. Uh, number nine is Josh. He moves down one spot from last week after three. Oh no, sorry. After a 110-point loss and moving him down to 2-5 and five of the year. Uh, with the bye week and injuries, it was a tough week for Josh to find a win. Both his wide receiver ones underperformed with Waddle and Cooper Cup. Uh, Waddle only had 9.3 points, and Cooper Cup only had two catches for 29 yards and 5.9 points. Just one of those rare, you know, bad games for Cup. It just happened to be combined with bad games with other players. Like I said, Waddle with 9 Mozart only had 6.5 and Gibson only 4.3. So, I mean, both your running backs combining for barely 11 points is not great. Deontay Johnson, though, did have a good first game back from the IR, having 10.4 points. And Terry McLaurin seen pretty good target share lately, getting 10, 5, 11, and now 9 targets in the last four weeks and scoring 12 this week. So, Josh needs to get healthy and really needs to pick up some wins here to get back into the playoff push. Uh, number eight is Rodgers, who moves down one spot from number seven. After three wins in a row, Rodgers' win streak has ended, and he had his worst week of the year, scoring below 100 for just 97.9 points. Although it wouldn't have mattered, having Watson go out there and score negative 0.7 points and leaving the game was pretty much a nail in the coffin uh, for Rodgers. I always say it really didn't matter because he played against Duch, had 161, so it, it wouldn't really have mattered. Had even if he put up 30 points. Uh, and I, I said it last week, Rodgers needs all three running backs playing to have a chance at winning. 
Paul was out on a bye, so that meant he had to start, you know, guys like Jamal Williams and McLaughlin on Denver. And that resulted in both combining for seven and a half points. So not great there. CMC, even with an injury, still got 22.6 points. And everyone knows at this point his absurd TD streak, which extends back to last season. But has scored a touchdown every game this season. He has five games scoring over 22, and one of those being 47 points. It's a crazy, crazy good year for McCaffrey. And it was on the bench, but it does look like DeMarcado, is how you say his name? Uh, it looks like it's his backfield now in Arizona. So, you know, that could be a better start for him over, like I said, Williams or McLaughlin. And, and Slant Boy got his first touchdown of the season with 11.7 points. Uh, number seven, I have like a million tabs open on my Yahoo when I do these write-ups. It's so confusing. Uh, number seven is Kojak. Uh, so Kojak got a must-needed win, moves him to three and four, and right back in the playoff hunt. I'm going to take a sip of some Happy Dad. Kojak is now fifth in points for overall. It's pretty impressive. In the last three weeks, he scored 167, 122, and 157, which is the third most in the league during that time span. So maybe you could argue to Kojak even higher, but you have to take consideration of the below 500 record for sure. Uh, since week one, Hertz has been pretty ridiculous, scoring 26 or more in every single week, and two of those for 30 or more. Um, all four of his running backs came out for Kojak, ETN for 22, Stevenson 12.4, Najee Harris 15.7, which is his best of the year, and underrated Kamar going for 25. Since back from suspension, Kamara's averaging 19 points per game, so that's pretty good. And I also, I mean, I mentioned previously on Wires right up how good A.J. Brown is. On the other side of that, Devontae Smith. For the last five weeks, Smith has failed to get double digits, and all four, he didn't even get seven points. And it's back-to-back weeks of 6.9 points, which is odd. But it's kind of similar to Ridley, who he has, who got 1.1 point this week. It's like, it's hard to bench these guys who are... I wouldn't maybe call Ridley prolific, but Devontae Smith, I sure, call him too prolific. Either wide receiver one or wide receiver two is on their team, and, and at least Philly at least Philly has a high-octane offense. Like, how do you bench these guys? But he also has Pittman, who has back-to-back 16-point uh, weeks. So maybe, consider, maybe time to consider starting Pittman over Ridley or Smith. Uh, number six is Tiz, who falls down one spot so i look back since tiz became a competent team in 2019 which he missed the playoffs from 2014 to 18 but since 2019 tiz has not made, missed the playoffs oh, sorry since 2019 tiz has not missed the playoffs in those years his longest losing streak was two in 2019 2020 only had one loss 2021 he lost two in a row and 2022 he only lost twice and they were separate so we only had a one game losing streak so this is the first time Tiz has a losing streak of three or more, potentially, since he's become the, the Tiz that we know of being one of the top teams in the league. So this is kind of an unprecedented time for Tiz, who in the last four years has been super dominant, and now is looking kind of vulnerable. Still a great team, still a playoff contender, I'd say, but unprecedented to say the least. Um, another week of failing to show his high upside, scoring just 128. We spoke about it previous weeks, how he's just never really crossing that 140 threshold. The positive Mahomes, 
finally balled out and went above projections for the first time, scoring 40 points, so just smash projections. Um, Diggs and A.J. Dillon were the only other skill players to score in double digits, with Diggs going for 14 and Dillon 12. And Diggs is just a stud. I know he played the Thursday night game, so it's a boost, but I think he's the wide receiver two right now. So he's probably, a, you know, at least a top 10 wide receiver if you take away those uh, Thursday night football points that he got. Also, I said it last year, Devontae Adams, three straight weeks, single digits. He did get 12 targets with the backup, which is more promising than just the four and the five in the previous two games. But still concerned is, is Tiz in danger of missing the playoffs for the first time in four years. We'll see. There's always uh, turnover in the playoffs year to year. Usually at least two teams that made it last year don't make it the next year. So we'll see. Uh, number five is Rob. So Rob moves up to number five, who is now six and one on the season, won two in a row. Call Mr. Consistency with Rob scoring 141, 141, and 144 in the last three weeks, which is very impressive. I mentioned Eric's write-up, but Rob was a beneficiary of this great trade. He dumped off two wide receivers in Judy and Burks, who maybe he thought had some good dynasty value, but wasn't really giving him any good, quote, redraft value for this year. And then he flips them for two maybe better, I would assume, in any ranking that uh, Downs and maybe Downs would be close because he's still only seven weeks in, but London would definitely be ranked above Burks and Judy, and Downs has to be close, so he gets two better long-term plays and two way better short-term plays. So at the expense of two late firsts, which it's going to look like, I think it was his and Duch's first, I think a no-brainer trade for Rob in, in that regard. Although Rob has been drafting pretty well, so maybe he would have hit on those two picks, but Still worth it. He's making a push this year. Still 6-1. and one. So I, I love the trade uh, for Rob. It's going to be a big start-sit decision type year for Rob, which I don't think he's really been in the position where he's overwhelmed with talent having to make these tough choices. But we're going to have to see now that we've seen the kind of GM Rob can be, what kind of coach Rob can be. A uh, huge game this week for me, going for 120, 123 yards and two touchdowns for 19.8 points. And, and Jordan Mee has been pretty dope this year. Even with J.J. there, he's caught a touchdown in five games this season and is now tied for second in the league for receiving touchdowns. I think tied with Diggs. And I, probably behind Tyreek Hill. I forget who was number one, but probably Tyreek. Uh, JSN also had a breakout game with Metcalf out. He caught a touchdown for 14.3 points. Just still think Eric could have probably finagled his way to get JSN in that trade, but who knows. And the Bijan situation was one of the most bizarre things in our fantasy, you know, career, the, the stud, you know, top 10 running back active. And it's like now against the rules to not disclose injuries. He was sick. He still played a couple snaps, but it didn't really matter. It might matter for points four down the line, but uh, overall it didn't really affect Rob's week. So he still gets the win and he's in good position. Like I said, with, with Chad kind of, oh, we didn't mention Chad yet, but uh, still tied for the division. And record. Uh, number four is Rich, who actually won this week, but is moving down two spots. Uh, as the top tier that we're mentioning has kind of been balling out with a couple teams that I'll mention, have not mentioned yet, and Ridge has been good, not great. Um, obviously cherry picking here, but in the last three weeks, Ridge is just six and points four during that time span. So again, good, not great. Uh, but back in his lineup this week with Saquon, who has been oddly polarizing in our group chat about how good or not good he has been or is. Um, but he scored 
uh, 19.4 points this week, which is really good. Andrews snapped his two-game win streak of single digits for a two-TD game and 20.3 points, and that was twice this year he's had multi-touchdown games. And MVS, what a start, who in the last six weeks has combined for 15.10 points, and in week seven he goes off for 16.9 points. Only on three catches, but he just eclipses his total point total combined for the, rest, the beginning of the year. It's pretty crazy. And not a great Zach Evans start. Only got four snaps, which is on special teams. So zero points for Evans. And Sky Moore, pretty bad this year. He scored less than three and a half points in each of his last four weeks. That's pretty gross. So maybe, I don't know, he was just like, had some bye week issues. Yeah, he had Chase, Mixon, Nico on bye. So he really didn't have a choice here. Uh, he wasn't bye week hell. So, but he still gets the W. So not, not bad. Number three is Dooch. Dooch moves up one spot and has been one of the hottest teams in the league recently, only behind one team. Uh, in this three-game win streak Dooch has, he's improved every week, scoring 159, 152, and now 161. So that's not improving every week. I don't know why I put that. Oh, no, he scored 149, 152, and 161. So I was correct. And Dooch is on a mission. Dooch has had two guys go for over 30 points, which is pretty nuts, with Foreman finding the end zone three times for 33 points, and Kelsey just continuing to be a cheat code, going 12 for 179, a touchdown and 30.9 points, which was a season best for Kelsey. And hand up, I was wrong. At least in the short term, I was wrong about Pacheco. Didn't think he was worth the first. I was kind of giving Greg shit about holding out and wanting a first for him, but... He's been worth the first, for sure. Five weeks in a row, he has scored 14 or more points, and he's the running back eight on the season. Hand up, I was, I, hand up again to being wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong. I don't see anyone else's hands up. So, credit to me. Oh, and one of his IDPs got 22 and a half points, which is basically the same as CMC, who we played this week. So, that's just pretty cool. He was, you know, match up against CMC. Oh, my IDP basically tied, tied him. Cool. Number two is Chad. And this is the first time all year Chad has not been ranked as the top squad, even though he does come off a 138-point win. Moves into 6-1 and still uh, number one in his division. And I keep mentioning it. I keep mentioning the last three weeks. And I mentioned it with Chad in previous, you know, with the, with the Justin Jefferson injury. But in the last three weeks, and that's how long it's been since JJ been hurt, got hurt mid-game and has not been playing, Chad is just 8th in points for in the league in that time span. It's it's pretty average, below average. Um, I mentioned last week, I think Chad has put himself in a tier with 1 through 6, maybe 7 if you include Kojak, and not a tier of his own. And it seems to be true now. Uh, Chad did have some underperformers from key guys like DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, and even Goff, but he uh, all underperformed from projections. But he did get a nice week from St. Brown with 16.7. Pickens with 13, and Gus the Bus with 23.3 points. Uh, Pickens now has back-to-back -back weeks of 100-plus yards, and the third time this season he's gone for over 100, and he just looks awesome. Still 6-1, still super handsome, but I just had to move him down. And I had to move him down for me. That's right, me. Look at me. If we want to talk about the hottest team in the league in the last three weeks, which again, I'm cherry-picking, but, you know, that's a good chunk of the season. It's me. I've scored 160, 144, and now a season-best 169 this week. Somehow I only went 2-1 in that span, but that is the most in the league in that three weeks. 
Lamar balling out, has gone for 30-plus three times this year, and he had a season-best 38 this week. Tyreek is the wide receiver one in fantasy. He has a touchdown in six of the seven weeks and had another 20-point game this week. Jonathan Taylor finally had a Jonathan Taylor game, getting 18 carries. He found the end zone for 21 points. Spoke about Myers last week. Continues to be underrated. Caught a touchdown in garbage time, but 15.5 points for Myers. And Puka Nakua. Said I wasn't worried last week. Still got the targets. Dropped a touchdown. And this is the... Everyone was wondering, oh, how's he going to do with Cup? How's he going to do with Cup? And he's been good but not great with Cooper Cup until this week. This is the first time since Cup's been back that he's done better than Cup, who caught, we've mentioned Cup's bad game this week. Puka had eight catches for 154 yards, a ridiculous toe-tapping catch for 20.4 points, and is still the wide receiver four of the league still. So I, I think he's here to stay with Cup. He's proven it since Cup's been back that he can still maintain his wide receiver one status. So just a great, great player. Still love the squad. You know, I had my best uh, week of the year with no Higgins, no Metcalf, no A-Chan. And is Waller back now that Doofy Dimes is out? We'll see. Seems like Tyrod can push the ball down the field better and targets Waller in the end zone. He should have got that holding call two weeks ago in the end zone when they were going for the win. Uh, Waller finds the end zone this year, this year, this week. So it could be a start over Evan Ingram, but we'll see. So that is it uh, for the power rankings. I think every team but Eric and Itzler moved spots. You know, the longer this goes, it actually becomes kind of harder to rank teams because there's so much volatility in how people do. We're going on bye weeks now. So a lot of the teams that are scoring poorly, it's like, what to do? Is, there, is the roster stink because it's just a bye week issue? Uh, you know, sixth place right now is Tiz at four and three. Then we have one, two, three, four teams, just one game back. And Nick and Josh at two games back. So it's still anybody's game. We are sadly now 50% of the way done with the regular season. Just very, very painful. Uh, it just goes by so fast. But that is it for me. And again, sorry for the late Saturday drop again. Hopefully, actually, I'll be away. I, if I do one, it'll either be written or I won't do any uh, power rankings this week. So I'm going to be away at a wedding until coming back Saturday. So I'm probably not going to do a recording Saturday because I just don't, probably won't feel like it. So we'll see. About, if anything else, I'll just post the, the movement in the chat. And if anyone's not in the chat, then you just have to wait till week nine. Bye.